0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. How do you get all the things done? I'm talking the shopping, clean clothes, dinner, birthday presents, all the rest. Do you have a to-do list? I know I can't get it all done without one, But having a to-do list means I often feel like I'm running out of time because sometimes that list is really long. Actually, most days it's really long. Madeleine Dorr is the author of I Didn't Do the Thing Today, which is an exploration of the problem with the pursuit of productivity. Hi, Madeleine. How are
1: you? I'm really well, Siobhan. And you're so right that to-do list can just get out of hand.
0: Out of control, and I feel very, um, very productive when I'm writing that list. I feel very in control. Mm-hmm. But what's the um, what's the problem with feeling in control when one writes a list like that?
1: Oh, you're so right, and I, I can relate to that calming feeling of writing a to do list and having it all on the page. And I think that. In some ways, that's extremely helpful. If it's something that uh, can give us a sense of an overview of what we are carrying around in our minds in terms of everything that we have to do, it can be great to have that download and see it all on the page and see what we're dealing with. But I think for me, and and maybe many others can relate, what I'm doing when I'm writing that very detailed to-do list or that very detailed plan is that I'm trying to eliminate uncertainty and I'm trying to quell my anxiety, but I'm not actually taking any action. So it can be this this false sense of control. And I think that's where it's problematic is that we actually have less control than we think and life is uncertain. And so these rigid plans and these rigid to-do lists can set us up to fail. And
0: I guess uh, following on from that, you say that reaching for a truly productive day every day is impossible, so that our whole idea of the to-do list setting us up to fail. Why is that?
1: I'm yet to meet someone who has productive day after productive day after productive day. But <laughs> if you do, Siobhan, let me know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I think that uh, there would have to be a robot in disguise, surely, uh, because as human beings, we we ebb and flow. We don't have perfect consistency, our energy changes day by day, what occurs day by day changes, what happens in our bodies and our minds and our attention. It's its always in flux. And I think if we're trying to stick to a rigid schedule or a very rigid sense of what productivity is, then we're really narrowing our days and we're narrowing our lives and we're being really hard on ourselves to be these robots essentially. Uh, so I think we need something far more expanding to apply to our days, something that acknowledges this ebb and flow that we will inevitably encounter because we're human.
0: So you're not necessarily saying throw out that to-do list because mm. that would completely freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, is it more about how we approach that to-do list, like saying, okay, this might be the list I wrote for today. However, I don't need to tick off every item today. Is it something like that?
1: Absolutely. I think we all need to find our own way. And if writing the to-do list is the thing that sets the scene for you and allows you to step into the day, do it. There's there's nothing wrong with um, anything that works for you, essentially. But I think that it's about holding it lightly because inevitably we will encounter distractions, interruptions, the day will unfold differently to how we expect. And so a to do list, in many ways, can be an intention rather than an expectation that we must meet. And so being more malleable, knowing that we'll put things onto <laughs> tomorrow and doing what we can with the time that we have.
0: Now, this message of yours is kind of a bit uh, counter to what you might find in the well-being world as it is at the moment because everyone's mm-hmm. about you know seize a day, make things happen, write yourself a list, have yourself a routine in this kind of attempt for us all to live our best lives and we can really get lost in that like that I that mm-hmm. sense that if we drink the lemon juice in the morning. If we sit and meditate for five minutes, if we do these things, then we'll be able to do all the other things. Mm. But but you see that as counterproductive, don't you?
1: I do now. Yes, I I very much (laughs) (laughs) fell down that rabbit hole of trying every hack, taking on every productivity tip. I spent five years interviewing people about what their days look like, what they do and when they do it. And I was attempting to find this perfect recipe for productivity. And when I tried to join the 5am club, when I tried the miracle <laughs> morning routine, when I put the, you know, the coconut oil in my coffee uh, for that, yeah. bulletproof, co- yeah, it's like that <laughs> bulletproof coffee uh, recipe, I, I wound up feeling worse about myself because it was another thing in my day to stumble over. And so it was kind of like berating myself for not being productive enough and then berating myself for not being able to stick to the productivity tip that was going to make me more productive. So (laughs) counterintuitively, it's when I embraced my higgledy-piggledy ways, when I embraced that I won't get through my to-do list, when I embraced that I won't wake up at five in the morning, I was able to look instead to what helped me thrive in my day rather than what I needed to change. And then I found myself, heaven forbid, more productive because I was (laughs) embracing what works for me. And that's, that's I guess, there is no secret is what I found it's, it's just experimenting again and again. Things will work for you for a moment and then you might need to change it again. But really, instead of getting lost in these prescriptive things that we're told to do that we then just trip over, it's about looking a little bit closer at, at actually how we can get our day to stack up for ourselves. It feels like
0: one of the main uh, problems here is how attached we all are to being productive which Mm. as a parent there's nothing like having a new baby to realize that your sense of what is product productive needs to change because you know you don't you don't get to put the clothes out on the line, let alone have a shower, like whoever thought having a shower (laughs) was being productive. But you do start to think that after a Mm. while when you can't even get that done. And so it seems this measure we have of ourselves is how much we can get done. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how we came to that place of, you know, measuring every minute that we have to have achieved something. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Well, in one word, it's probably capitalism <laughs> <This idea laughs> that, yes, that what we do is tied to how profitable we can be so if if you know this whole idea that time is money, that then means that every minute is monetized, and if we're not doing something with that minute, if we're not making. Money, sort of more or less, um, then we're not worthwhile because our what we do is tied to our worth, and so mm-hmm. it's a it's a very tangly, huge societal, structural, systemic message that we've internalized. So it's it's this sense of internalized capitalism is something I speak to in the book, and by no means can I offer up the solution <laughs> in terms <laughs> of you know dismantling capitalism. Um, because that's incredibly complex Um, but I think this on an individual level while we have to kind of acknowledge that this is a systemic issue that that takes a collective response to I think on an individual level we can start to look at where we place our worth uh, how we define enough for ourselves and whether we can find different measures for our day, essentially. So instead of it being, oh, I didn't do the thing today, so my day is a complete write-off, it was a useless day, we can look at the parts of our day that did mean something and were worthwhile. So, okay, I didn't do the thing today, but did I have a, a great conversation with a friend who needed me? Did I spend time with someone I loved? Did I have a great idea Did I do something that I really enjoy? Did I get out into the world? Did I change something that wasn't working for me? So there's just so many other measures. We can get so much more creative than rather than like, oh, the to-do list is, is proof of my worth. There's so many other juicy little bits we can pick up, I think.
0: Yes, I'm kind of horrified by that expression of internalised capitalism, but it it <sighs> makes complete yeah. sense. Parents can feel particularly beholden to getting things done uh, because it relates a lot of the time to our kids, you know, making sure they have healthy food or that their clothes are clean or that they have a present for the party on the weekend, all of those sorts of emotional uh, things that we feel we need to get done for our children. Do you have any tips on how parents in particular can let go of those lists when they have such an emotional tie to them?
1: Yeah, that I, when you were just uh, explaining that then, Siobhan, I, the first thing that came to mind was this idea of perfection perfectionism, because mm-hmm. I think that all of those things that you mentioned sound important and nourishing, but maybe it's just acknowledging that it won't be executed perfectly. Like maybe you will forget to get the present and you'll have to make the mad dash before you go to the party. Yes. But maybe that's okay. Maybe that's part of recognising that we're all fallible human beings and we can be the imperfect parent, the imperfect friend, the imperfect co-worker um, mm-hmm. because that's... Is what it means to be human. I think that what something that really helped shift things for me was this idea that perfection actually means completion. And if we're aiming for completion, then isn't that the end of it all? <laughs> we're, 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 why are we aiming for completion? Because then we're done, and then there's no more life to live after the completion. So I think this this idea of your to do list we want it to be incomplete because that means there's more life to be living and for me that really flipped when I saw all of my undone things not as failures but as things to be excited for or as possibilities, things that I am still yet to do. It can be really enlivening to make that flip that, mm. oh, I didn't do the thing today. Great, I can do it in the future. <laughs> um, I know that, that might be a bit of an ambitious <laughs>
0: Oh no, no. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to get this into my cells as we speak so that I can mm. do it too. What about when a sick child puts your day of course or a Punami or a massive tantrum? When something inevitable comes up that just puts all your plans out and, and you've got no chance of doing them. How do you advise people get their heads around that because in the moment it can be so frustrating and disappointing to have your plans Mm -hmm. dashed because it could be that you're actually going to do something really lovely like have a coffee with a friend and then all of a sudden that's done (laughs) you can't Mm -hmm. go Um, how do you advise you get your head around that when things don't go to plan Mm.
1: I'm curious um as a parent, how many days do you think that that happens? Would you say that's an almost daily occurrence that things? It don't depends go to plan? on your
0: child's age. But <laughs> right. The younger they are, the more likely they are going to uh, destroy plans left, right, and centre. Der-
1: derail, <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's yes. fascinating to me because I think we can. I think our days are derailed most days, if not every day, because of life. Life happens, and so I think that something. That I turn to often is this self-help book that was written in 1908 by Arnold Arnold Bennett and it's called How to Live on 24 Hours a Day and it's so interesting when we return to these texts that were written more than 100 years ago and see, oh my gosh we've been dealing with this busyness dilemma for decades and decades and decades Uh, but there's this one sentiment which is that we cannot waste time in advance. So if the day is derailed, uh, say the morning is completely overturned by a, a terrible tantrum, then maybe the way to ensure that the rest of the day isn't derailed by that, it can be helpful to turn to this idea that time cannot be wasted in advance. So yes, the morning didn't go to plan, but there's still the afternoon and and we don't need to spoil it by lamenting what happened in the morning because the surest way to squander time is to, to worry about wasting it. That's the true waste. And so to get back on course... Arnold Bennett has this beautiful quote about how we can turn over a new leaf every hour if we choose. So I think that that's something I return to often is, okay, I may have quote unquote wasted the morning or it was derailed or it didn't go to plan or there was an interruption or a distraction or an emergency or just life, but I still have this moment in front of me. I guess it's sort of that thing about not crying over spilt milk, essentially, mm, but mm. turning over a new leaf, new leaf, new leaf is something that I find quite helpful. And perhaps that's a something that parents can, um, can think to as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, the antithesis to productivity mm-hmm. is stopping, is resting. Why is that such an important part of this idea that you're exploring here about the problem with productivity?
1: Mm. Well, I think that we're in many ways afraid to stop because, again, if we cer- circle back to this idea of internalised capitalism, if we're not doing, we're not worthy. And so if we're stopping, if we're resting, it can really be confronting to our identity as, as doers. But we're not robots and we we inevitably will need to rest and stop and learning to be comfortable in that, learning to relish that, learning to take the the nap and not feeling guilty about it, can be really enlivening. It can it can bring us into our fullest experience as a human being because we're not just doers. We um we do need to embrace that ebb and flow and and to rest. And yeah, I just I think that especially with the years that we've had the last couple of years it was interesting to see that there was so many different sides to it. Everyone had a, a different experience and some people, you know, really embraced that stop and that quiet period and some people were busier than ever depending on their work and commitments or whether they had kids at home and so on. But there was this, for those who were able to stop, it was almost like this secret relief, like whispers to each other like, oh, this is quite good, isn't it, not having to do so much. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe that's the the answer is that, we can slow things down for ourselves. We don't need to wait for a collective global pause in the hamster wheel. If finding a slower pace and rest works for us and we secretly relish it, why can't we impose that for ourselves? I think that we can We can come up with a lot of different blocks to that, uh, e- excuses, but maybe there is some wriggle room and, and that might change. We, we can be busy at different times and not everyone has that access to to stopping completely, but maybe we can learn to politely decline and we can learn not to add to our to-do list if there's already enough there. We can learn to finish what we already have rather than – or when we finish our to-do list, we can – relish not adding anything to it for a while we don't need to just because you got through it doesn't mean you then have to you know oh okay what's what's next so I think there's ways to stop that are uh, accessible to us all perhaps
0: Madeline there is so much in what you say that resonates with me thank you so much for talking with me today
1: it's been a pleasure thank you Siobhan
0: that's Madeline Dorr. she's the author of I didn't do the thing today and I'll put links in the notes of this episode as to where you can find it